At the Armageddon here with yet another Disney Plus Star Wars series review that you didn't ask for. Ahsoka. Let's actually talk about Bruno, shall we? Beware, if you haven't finished the show, there be spoilers here. This will probably be a long-winded thesis as well, so be doubly warned. First, I will say overall, I thought the show was good. If you take all aspects of acting, production, visuals, overall mood and tone, I think this is in the range TV Star Wars should live. The performances and casting overall were great. And big RIP to Ray Titus Polo Stevenson. You will absolutely be missed. After seeing this, I've come to the realization that Star Wars should, you can't see my fingers, but I'm doing air quotes, have three vibes for different audiences. Andor slash Empire Strikes Back Rogue One for old heads like myself. Ahsoka Mandalorian for general audiences for TV. And then Return of the Jedi, the original Star Wars movie, the prequels to an extent, and the first sequel for the movies. Ahsoka felt good in that regard. I liked being there and enjoyed a lot about it. For me, the first four episodes were pretty engaging. I felt like there was a pretty good weaving of character as it relates to the plot. And the plot being that something big and dreadful and mysterious was on the other side of the goal. I don't think it was perfect, but it was paced well enough for a getting-to-know-you vibe. Ahsoka's goal was to get into whatever mystery was brewing and Sabine wanted to find her friend. Their goals aligned for different reasons and that's great storytelling. And that went all the way to the end of the fourth episode. And I think after that, that's where the show started to lose me. If the first four episodes were the setup, then the last four needed to do the work and pay off. And none of it quite did it for me. There's a conversation out there that involves dunking on Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka. And after thinking about it, Sabine deserves a degree of dunking on herself that the show seems to want to ignore. It seems to want to continue to cast her in a favorable light, despite some absolutely terrible decisions she makes, whose end results leads to the possible greatest threat of Thrawn to return. It's fine. Those things happen. My problem is everyone is all smiles and shrugs and grins about it. I do get from Ahsoka herself that that would be appropriate as her Jedi-ness would be more zen. That tracks. I do also like the angle of her not wanting to give up on Sabine, lest some dark side of the Force scenario manifest for either of them, like with Anakin. But for Sabine herself, she doesn't seem to notice, feel, nor care about her actions. And the story presents no internal recognition of that. Even with her final fate at the end, it's like, oh well, that happened. Even after all the stuff they went through to get there. Add to that one too many scenes of the characters looking at each other without expressing what's at stake. Sabine finally, after betraying her friend and risking everything. And there we are. In some ways, I shouldn't be surprised. Star Wars seems to be pretty invested in overlooking the genocide at the hands of one Anakin Skywalker. 
It lets our emotional attachment to him through watching Clone Wars in particular totally absolve him from in-universe war crimes. So much so that the universe has blessed him with eternal life, while all those he killed or caused to die now burn in the fires of Jedi hell, while he gets to have snuggly reunions with his former Padawan. Exaggeration for effect. But you get my point. I have no evidence to back up this thought, but part of me feels like Filoni might have been a bit too close to write an emotionally true story because of being so close and attached to the characters. Nothing really tracked for me from episode 5 onward. It's not to say somehow he's a hack either. I'm not saying that. Not in the least. I just know plenty of writers who express not wanting to make their characters do or be things they don't like. This is a struggle for them because they know what they need to do but sometimes just can't. And that impulse is very human and also very understandable. But in this case, he presented a plot and actions that beg for that to be true. But they aren't. So instead, let's focus on Easter Egg number 456 from Rebels Season 3, Episode 9 to distract us from what's happening right now. So anyway, by the end of the series, while I do think it was enjoyable, emphasis on for myself, on a certain level, it once again leaves me feeling, yeah, and? And that's exactly the way I've been feeling about Marvel for the past few years. Maybe my idealization and expectations are too high. I acknowledge that. I'm coming to the realization that maybe I'm just an out-of-touch, living-in-the-past old head. I'm so stuck in the high head from 78 to 83 that I can't ever realistically come down. But then again, do we tell our friends to just settle for their relationships so that they're just fine or tell them to just be grateful someone, anyone bothers to like them? Kind of jokes, uh, because it's not that serious. And I'm aware that this is just me. But anyway, those are my thoughts. Ahsoka ultimately was okay in the end. I might think differently about it, if I knew season two was coming in three months, but two to three years until the next one, I don't know. I'm just feeling, why bother? It ended emotionally flat from our primary characters themselves for what could have easily been an emotional low point and cliffhanger worthy of the wait. Ultimately, it's an affair that started with great promise, but in the end, it ended up not really going anywhere. And sure, it will probably be coming back, but with what they gave me, the wait doesn't quite feel worth it. I give Ahsoka three spherical MacGuffins out of five. Until next time, at the Armageddon here, signing off. Till next time, no one asks.